Everyone, welcome to our live recording of Kankakee Podcast here at the Kankakee County Museum. This is only the uh, second time we've done a live recording, and I'm glad that the second one is is here at the Kankakee County Museum since we work so closely with uh, the museum every single month. I'm Jake Lamore, and uh, I want to start off speaking of the museum. Thank you so much to Veronica Featherston and also uh, Diana Crawley for all of their help today and uh, being here. I mean, the museum is is normally open on a Saturday, but um, this is uh, an, uh, you know, a special event and they allowed it to happen. So I really appreciate all of their support. Um, so we Kankakee podcast, we're about the people and places of Kankakee County. And for Halloween, I wanted to do something spooky, something on the paranormal side. And that's why right now we are sitting down with the Kankakee Paranormal Investigations team. So let's uh, give them a big warm welcome to Kankakee podcast. And uh, I guess we'll start with Steve down here. Everyone can introduce themselves so we kind of know what everyone sounds like. Uh, well, I'm Mike. Or Mike. Did I say Steve? I'm so <laughs> sorry. Did, I'm Mike. Like, we'll, we'll skip Mike. He's, <laughs> he's a figment of your imagination. Um, no, my name is Mike Zenz. I'm, uh, I lived in Kiki County for about 14 years. Uh, we've been, I've been involved with uh, the paranormal for since I was probably 12 years old. Um, and uh, I couldn't be more excited to have this forum uh, and be able to kind of talk about some of the experiences and some of the questions that people have. Yes, absolutely. Everyone's going to be able to ask questions uh, later on when we get into the recording. So I've, I've got a wireless mic. I'll, I'll bring it around to you if you have any questions um, that you want to ask the team here today. And then going on to Steve. I'm Steve Reinbold. <laughs> I live in Bradley, Illinois. Uh, my son is also a member of our team. Uh, he couldn't make it today. Um, I'm retired from Metro Railroad. I'm former patrolman for Park Forest Police Department. And um, I'm a combat veteran from Desert Storm. Oh, thank you for your service. Hoorah. Yes, definitely. And then Emily. I'm Emily Whirl. I'm also a first grade teacher, and I've always been curious about paranormal. Um, seen some very strange things when I was younger, so always just looking for an explanation. Okay. And then Chris. Hi, my name is Chris Whirl. Um, I'm kind of the electronics guy for the team. I'm, I build a lot of the equipment that we utilize during our investigations. And um, I'm just happy to be here and talk to you guys about this today. Okay, awesome. I think you can go ahead and pull that. Uh, you can pull the whole stand closer to you there. Make sure we pick you up good on the recording gotcha. there, Chris. Awesome. Well, thank you all for uh, being here today. So I guess first... Let's get to what is paranormal? What what does it mean? What does paranormal mean? Well, I think I think paranormal really means uh, something that is really not explainable by any other means. Um, no science can prove it. No typical anything can explain what is happening. Uh, I think that's really what drives what paranormal has become over. I would say over the last 20, 30 years, which has been way more popular than it was prior to that. Um, I'll let uh, the guys speak on that as well. Well, one of the things you have to remember too on paranormal is that it, it it's something that has been in existence all the way back to Albert Einstein, even when he said that energy can't be destroyed, that it can only be repurposed. So, you know, we have to wonder if after we pass, what happens? And that's the question that I have. 
And that's something that needs to be answered. And I'm going to do everything in my power to try and prove whether or not it's real or if it's not. And I want to give that opinion out to people and make them form their own decision on that. Yeah. It's like, where does our energy go? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's got to go somewhere. You can't destroy it. So it has to be repurposed somewhere. Yeah. It has to be utilized somehow. That brings up a really good point. <laughs> so how does one learn about the, how did you guys personally learn about the paranormal? Well, um, my brother-in-law, he's a, you know, my brother-in-law's kind of skeptical in a way on it. You know, he's a, dare I say, a Baptist preacher. So I got to watch my mouth around him, especially, <laughs> you know, um, I tried making a joke with him one day, you know, I said, you it know, it didn't work out so well. No, it, it, it didn't. You know, I told him, I said, I can't go to hell because Satan's got a restraining order on me. <laughs> you know, so, um, I, I, I think it's just one of those things to where people can't ex explain it. They have to actually, um, have contact with and experience it and whatnot. And even then they can't explain it. So a lot of things we're, we're out to, you know, record things, you know, prove to the skeptics, you know, listen to this, explain it yourself, you know, and, and let's see how much criticizing you can do now. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you can't, the, the proof is, is right there in yeah, front it's right of you. There, yeah. You know, especially if you were there in the room while let's say you're using one of those handheld audio recorders right, and, recorder. and and if i was with you and um i'm skeptical and i you know see it's just you and me in the room there's mm -hmm. nobody else in there but right. all of a sudden we're picking up this girl yeah. girl's voice on this audio recorder right. there's nobody else in the than this facility we're in or wherever we're at sure i mean how do you how do you explain that right i, I don't know and a lot of people you know they, they write out say you know if I can't see it, I don't believe it. It's not there. You know, they don't believe in, you know, in whatnot. And I say, what do you go to church? He's like, yeah. Do you believe in God? Yeah. Well, who do you think the Holy Ghost is? Well, well, I believe in him. It's like, you just told me you don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> you know, he's like the ultimate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, I, I guess everyone can answer that question. I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm not used to having so many people on the podcast at once, so I, I apologize for that. We'll bombard you. Oh, yeah, worries. bombard me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, how do how do you guys learn about paranormal again? Uh, we can whoever research. wants to go. Uh, Just research. research. I did try to research. Like, as much is as is there a college course on no. this? You know what <laughs> no. I mean? I, there that's... is not, unfortunately. But if you do a Google search, you'll obviously find information, mm -hmm. and that information you can take in. And then only thing you have to do from that point is to administer that education you get from self-taught. Absolutely, and then you have to. I mean, you'll know when you have an experience. Oh, it'll um, happen. You know, my my first experience, like I mentioned, I was twelve years old. And uh, it was probably about a, a week to eight days after my grandfather passed away. And me and him were extremely close. And, and he appeared before me uh, as a 12-year-old, um, which I clearly did not understand what was happening. But he... Did he, you think it was actually him? And it looked like, like him. Yeah. It was literally him standing in front of me. And I, I didn't get it. Um, so it really started my questioning about like, what does this all mean? What is, what does this, you know, whole existence mean? Um, what is the other side of me right here? And, and that's what really drove me to kind of start, start looking into that a lot further, just so I can understand the universe really. So what did he say? What did he say? Did he say anything? He, he, just, he just wanted to say goodbye. He, he's like, I just wanted to say goodbye. That's, that's literally, because I never got to see him, uh, he, he had died of cancer. Um, and so the last 20 days of his life, I didn't get to see him because my parents didn't want to bring me over there. Uh, understandably, he was in a poor state. Um, but I never got a chance to say goodbye to him and he never got a chance to say goodbye to me. And so uh, he made himself known to me. Um, there was nobody else around. It was literally just me sitting on a soccer ball on my driveway. And, and he just, just 
appeared out of nowhere right in front of me. So is it like they depict in the movies? Is it like a hologram kind of cloud looking spirit? Or was it literally the way you look now, flesh and bones? There you are. No, with him, it was it was literally a, a white outline of him. It was a white outline of him. And, and it didn't like you didn't see it come from somewhere. It didn't shoot up from the ground or down from the sky. It you just just like poof right there, right in front of me. It was just like, you, you didn't see it coming. And then it just happened. And, 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 you know, like I was scared out of my mind as a 12 year old, like, what am I even looking at? And, you know, he said, I just came to say goodbye. And when that happened, would, did he by chance, was he passing away maybe like at that moment? Oh, he was, he had already been gone for over a week. Okay. All right. So, because sometimes you hear stories like that where the person literally passed away at the same time and their spirit is sighted somewhere. Right. You know, no, right that certainly does happen. That yeah. certainly does happen. Um, okay. I guess since we're on the subject of first paranormal experiences, Steve, what's your first paranormal experience? Oh, that's a good question. I, I think way back. Uh, the only one I can remember, my most recent, I would say, within the past few years, uh, me and my son were with a group. We were investigating the Iroquois Cemetery, and you know we were going, walking through there, looking at the gravestones, uh, trying to do EVPs, and I had seen movement out of the corner of my eye. So I turned to my right to look, and on the outer edge of the cemetery there. And I kid you not, okay, everybody knows what, how they depict, say, Satan worshipers. They got the big hood and the black robe and whatnot. Well, that's pretty much the same thing as what the Grim Reaper looks like. Well, that's what I saw. Full figure. It took about eight or nine steps, and then it faded away. So I was like, well, I hope that's not a sign that, you know, hey, I'm coming for you, you know. Um, <laughs> this is but, it. Yeah. You know, um, and at the same cemetery, I had always brought flags with me. So when I find a veteran's grave, I'll, I'll put a flag at their grave for him. Well, came across one. He's a World War II veteran, said so on his headstone there, and his name was Bill. And I said, you know, Bill, if you're here, give me a sign that you're here, you know. And on my phone, I've got, you know, like everybody, a lot of games on your phone and all that. Well, I got a World War II game on my phone, and it's got its own soundtrack. Well, just seconds after I said, give me a sign if you're here, Bill, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy starts playing out of my pocket. One of the most famous, you know, World War II songs, yes. which happens to be, um, you know, the soundtrack of that game also. Well, there's nothing going to where I would turn the game on because I would have to put in the code on my phone and then scroll to the game and then play. So that was quite an experience there. Okay. You yeah, know, that's creepy. <laughs> it was. It was very creepy. Goosebumps. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Yeah. About that. I was like, okay, here's your flag. See you. Bye. Uh, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how about you, Emily, your first paranormal experience? Well, I've been sitting here trying to think of like the probably like the best one would be uh, my family and I lived in Centerville, Iowa. And this was when I was younger. My sister and I were having this heated argument. And a picture frame that had previously fallen was sitting on the fish tank. And she and I were just verbally like arguing back and forth and really just brutal. And all of a sudden, this picture frame that had been resting there for at least a week flew off between us. And we looked at each other and thought like, well, I guess that's uh, a sign that we should maybe stop arguing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had asked my siblings just a couple years ago, if you had to pick out of all the homes that we lived in growing up, which one was the most haunted and not that any of us had ever seen an apparition or, but it just had a vibe like that house in Centerville, Iowa, and all of them named the same house. Was anything else happened in the house besides? We were always hearing footsteps upstairs, even if nobody was up there. Um, I had outdoor cats that I snuck in at times and the cat would most, for the most part, would just sit on this one chair and I'll never forget every now and then he would look up like he was seeing something that I couldn't see. I'm like, okay, time for you to go back outside and for me to freak out a little bit. Um, 
So just little things like that. And, you know, places had always given me like a vibe, like you just, you go in there and you just feel uncomfortable or you feel like something's watching you. Um, What's your vibe here right now? I get mostly positive energy from here. Okay. Like nothing eerie, but we were at a hotel um, one time when uh, COVID was going on. We went down South in a real small town and stayed in a hotel that, I told my husband, Chris, I go, yeah, I just, it doesn't really creep me out. I mean, the upstairs, maybe at the top of the stairway, a little bit weird. Um, so we had set up cameras to sleep that night and I go, I don't think we're going to get anything. It doesn't even creep me out at all. And that was the spookiest video that we ever had because there was nothing but That's like these the white orbs following like they were like tracing along our bodies when we slept and mm-hmm. we had some EVPs that were just spooky they were do you want to tell them Um, about the one that woke me up uh yeah well during the middle of the night um we while we were sleeping uh you clearly can hear on the video which had audio recording uh someone or something stating get up and emily's eyes popped wide open and there were orbs floating alongside the bed at the time and i can't explain it i have broken down the audio looked at the video in multiple different ways and i cannot debunk this in anything other than maybe it was a spirit in that room at the time well now that you bring up orb what does an orb look like what is an orb it looks like a ball of energy or almost like a dust particle flying across the camera but yet it doesn't have a natural pattern uh, most orbs that you see can be debunked um, yeah most of them are bugs, bugs or <laughs> dust, dust. Yeah. and uh if or sometimes see, like the way the light is hitting the exactly. lens of your you can camera. have a lens flare And that creates an orb effect across um, from that. And that's why you have to basically break down the evidence you have and make sure that it's real. And it's not just a phenomenon that's happening from the video or audio recording. Which is why it's almost important to have video and audio going at the same time. Exactly. That's where, you know, we bring in things like the Zoom H1 and the Olympus. And we don't buy, you know, low quality because low quality audio can be distorted. And can create all kinds of phenomenons on there that you might believe is a, a paranormal event. And it's not. Right. So the better quality that we utilize, the better evidence we have. So did you find out anything about the history of that? There was. Okay. So there what was. was the history of that? And the place? history was that there was a woman who had passed away and her spirit stayed. And that she would move objects or speak to people in the room. To include moving mirrors or other objects that were in there. And we picked that room for that reason. And that's why we chose that room was to see if we could get any evidence in there. Doesn't sound like you got a good night's sleep. No, actually, we did pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <wasn't that> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were unaware of all of this until we woke up the next morning and reviewed the video. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like you were going to say something, Mike. No, I was just no. going to add on and, you know, one of the most important things as we've gone through our different experiences and our experiences together is to first and foremost, try to prove it untrue. We want to prove it untrue by any means necessary. And then when we can't do that anymore, then we know we have something else. Then we know we have something paranormal. But we, that's, that's why it's so important in, you know, with all the uh, equipment that Chris has either built or we've, we've uh, procured, to try to prove it as being something, um, something explainable. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we talk about that at one house yeah. we did, um, but yeah, where, where you want to roll with this, but we, house. um, no, the Kankakee house. Oh, um, which, uh, so where's this house in Kankakee or what house in Kankakee was this? Was just someone's, this was a friend residence? of ours. Yeah. Okay. So this was a friend of ours house and they wanted, they had all kinds of literal, full figure apparitions walking through the house, um, bothering their children, you know, all those kinds of things. And so we went in and did a nighttime investigation. And what we, what we came to find out is we went through the house is the front half of the house was newer and the back half of the house was older. And the back half of the house had old knob and tube electro electrical work in it. And the new part of the house had obviously none of that. Well, what you come to find out is a knob and tube electrical puts off a lot of electromagnetic frequency. Hmm. And 
it put off enough that when we brought uh, the Melmeter out there, which Chris could hold up there, it spiked to 300 milliamp. Now, three, in a normal investigation, if you're at 300 milliamp, there's literally a ghost sitting next to you like I'm looking at you. <laughs> And there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. It was disorienting in that part of the house. So that really threw Things off. felt like they were kind of spinning in that house, but it wasn't anything paranormal. It was the electromagnetic frequency put off by the old knob and tube that had not been removed from the house. And so it, it can mess with you physiologically and mentally and make you feel things, see things, do things that you wouldn't normally do, feel, or think. So it, that's why I say it's so important to try and prove it wrong before you prove it right. Do you ever have, bringing that up though, makes me think of, have you ever had someone call you and ask you to investigate a house that they're thinking of buying? You ever had that? Because that's what, you know, <laughs> like. Talk. Yeah, it literally just happened. Yeah. Um, Somebody had contacted us, but we weren't able, I think we were unable to get the scheduling or something along yeah. those. Oh no, I know what it was. She had asked if we had, uh, they are purchasing a home and they had heard that we had done several investigations in that house. So I go looking into the house cause I know which ones we've done. And it was not any house that we have ever done. It's, it was an old defunct, now defunct paranormal group out of this area. So, yeah, we, we really haven't done any, uh, you know, folks who are wanting to purchase a house and want, you know, I mean, they have to get a seller and a realtor and an attorney. Well, to they have to, to get that. all those people to agree to that. I guess <laughs> and, I was just uh, typically the realtor doesn't like a paranormal group coming in to say, no. hey, you're infested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I oh, guess, it's you guys. <laughs> well, I guess I'm thinking about that now is just because did, you know, going back to your friend's house that you were recently at, did they know about that old electricity? Did they know about that already in that part of the house? They knew of it. Okay. They knew it existed in possibly some areas. But they didn't kind of realize, realize, like, yeah. you know, bringing your meter in there. It was everywhere. I mean, yeah. that, that, that knob and tube was everywhere in the walls. And you couldn't, I mean, it wasn't just hanging down where you can see it. It was literally in between the walls and the outside of the house. So you would only know that if you're able to take some of this equipment, like the mel meter, and, and, you're checking all different areas of the house, the, the floors, all the walls, uh, ceilings, if you can get to them. Um, and, and that's how we kind of discovered where we saw, you know, standing on the, uh, the balcony over the stairway. And it just went, like I said, it, the melmeter just went through the roof. So there was nothing actually. The and then zeroed out. Wow. <laughs> I'm like. Uh, that's not supposed to do that. Right. <laughs> so there was nothing paranormal then at the house. It was nope. literally just this electricity. It's yeah. 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 It, uh, electro electromagnetic frequency can really have an impact on the human body. Oh yeah. And the human mind. Right. Cause we have electricity inside of us. Right? We absolutely exactly. do. Yeah. So it gets um, to the point to where it can cause hallucinations, depression, stressing out, you know, and, People think, oh, my God, my house is haunted. Well, no, it's not, because you got all this old electrical stuff behind the walls and everything else emitting this, and that's what's causing it. So we can debunk it that way, too. Okay. You're going to be getting lots of phone calls now, I imagine, from some people. <laughs> We're okay with that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Hey, could you bring that, uh, what do you call it again, that melometer Mel. over? And yeah. Mel. Who's Mel? Who's, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who that Mel guy is you were talking about, but bring him. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's talk about equipment then, since we're okay. on the subject. Well, um, let's let's talk about the melmeter. Then. Okay, yeah. we'll start um, with that. Actually, the melmeter was developed by an individual that uh, his daughter had passed away. And he wanted to find a way to communicate with her. And so he started developing equipment such as this that can detect anything from the most minute amount of electrical occurrence all the way to you can pick up temperature on this. You can uh, have, yeah, have a laser on the back that can also detect anything that breaks that. And the fact that you can also have the environment affect it and determine with the electrical and audio frequencies that are coming from it, you can detect those and even a small amount. So just having that ability helps tremendously. 
but then you have to analyze the data because again, false positives can create people to have different things that, um, experiences that aren't good. And that is one of the pieces of equipment you see in Ghostbusters, yes. correct? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they may is have it, Hollywoodized it, it a yeah, little bit. I'm sure they did. They do I, utilize all the stuff that's on this table. They when I walk around with proton packs, I'll just say that. Oh, man. I know. I wish we could. I really do. I mean, that'd be, that'd be pretty killer to walk in with uh, a proton pack. They really would. They, they got yeah. paid. They got paid. I too. mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, with, with the Melmeter, they also had spinoffs from it. People took the technology and either made it better or utilized different means of doing it. Like the uh, Eddy, um, the Eddy is uh, pretty much the same thing. It's a Melmeter. It can detect footprints or footsteps, any anomalies, temperature, and it can record. So you can also take that data and see through the timeline when an occurrence happened. So if it's recording a footstep, is that... It's detecting motion, mm -hmm. right? Seismic. It's seismic. seismic. Yeah. So okay. any measurement, if you watch the bar at the bottom, you'll see that there's movement. Okay. Any time. For those listening, it lit up. Right. It lit up. Yeah. I did see it light up. I don't even know if, if some people from our audience can see it or we can demo. We'll demonstrate all of yeah. that to you when we're, we're done with the recording. Um, but, and it uh, also detects the temperature change. So it's either hot or cold. Which cold is normally a, an indication that something has changed in the environment rapidly. We and saw that in sixth up. sense. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. And it can You've pick seen that, that up movie. Yeah. as such. Yeah. So, and by the fact that I can put a memory card in it, record it, and see the date and timeline of when the event happened, and then I can go back and look at some of the video equipment. Um, because we do have so much video equipment, it takes hours upon hours to review. Oh, sure. And, yeah. I mean, it, especially it, if you're recording like what, like an uh, eight hours overnight exactly. or something over like five, that. six cameras right. it would be a massive undertaking to go through all of it. <laughs> Your eyes so, start glazing over. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're literally <laughs> yeah. looking for, you know, four minutes of actual action in what, 40 hours worth yes. of video. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's daunting, but that's why you, we do what we do, because we love to find the things that are not explainable. Um, you know, I mean, we used a lot of this uh, equipment right here at the museum. Yes. Um, at the schoolhouse, which was probably, in my estimation, my my favorite investigation. I mean, we, yeah. we had such incredible responses uh, that schoolhouse. I, I That was insane. It was well, we can definitely get into that now then, because I loved what you were Mike, what you were telling me over the phone uh, yeah. when we were, t you know, setting up this recording, um, the the schoolhouse seemed to be the most active that you found that yeah. day, two or three years ago. Yeah. So what happened at the schoolhouse? <laughs> what didn't? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It might be easier to tell you what didn't. No. Um, we, you know, we we had done. We had obviously investigated this building. Uh, we went into the uh, the small home, and then we went into the uh, the schoolhouse, and we just wanted to run a ghost box session. Now, if you don't know what a ghost box session is, this is our device. It runs uh, AM uh, or FM yeah. channels. It, it scrolls through the channels at a very fast rate, either forwards or backwards. And what what it will do is you if if you yeah that's it. You will get um, an entity that may come through that scrolling of the channels and it, it uses that energy to be able to speak through it so it uses radio frequency radio frequency. a lot of white noise so we just went in just to kind of see what we see and we had uh, a couple voices come through and i said well you know what i'm going to go up to the front of the class and i'm going to hold class let's see who we really get so I go up to the front of the classroom, grab the pointer, because they had a pointer sitting there on the chalkboard, and they had a giant map of the United States. And I said, all right, boys and girls, we're in class. And it's literally just us, our team, and some of the folks here from the museum. And I said, I'm going to point to something, and I want you to tell me what it is. And so I took the pointer, and I pointed it at the map at one of the states. Well, we probably within, what, 30, 45 seconds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you heard Texas come through that S box. Mm -hmm. 
I have been pointing at Texas. There's no reason that I can think of that that specific word would come through there while I'm pointing with a pointer and never saying the name Texas, but I'm pointing at it on the map. And so once we had that response, and it was an intelligent response, then you know, I, we repeated this with multiple different states. And then I drew on the chalkboard, the letter C, the letter A, the letter T, and, and they, were, you know, they were responding with C, A, T. But I couldn't get them to say the word cat. For whatever reason, they wouldn't <laughs> say the word cat, but they did say the letters. Maybe they were kindergartners. They could have been kindergartners. <laughs> Dog lovers. And I you know. thought that until I went to the bookshelf and I pulled a random book out of the bookshelf. And it was Catcher in the Rye. And so I pulled the book out and I said, okay, boys and girls, you know this book. You've read it before. What is the name of this book? Catcher in the... And I just stopped. I just let it go. And it took about a minute. But then you heard Rye come through the box. I'm like, okay, well, that's everything I need to know. And this went on for yeah, half an hour. Yeah. And we had an entire class of kids. There was an or, entire or class or of kids. Ghost how did, so how did you know there was an entire class, there. though? Because they were different, kids uh, ranch different, different modulations names. of voice. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them were uh, deeper tone. Others were very lighter tone. Which would make sense because... In a schoolhouse back at that time, you yeah. had the the teacher would be teaching multiple grades, multiple grades, right. yeah, you know, kindergarten time. through eighth or whatever it was, or high school. You know, they were yeah. all sitting there. They were, the, <laughs> yeah, they were all in class, and they were they were wanting to learn. There's some were saying their names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was. Did you like ask their names, and they said their names, mm-hmm. or did they just yeah. go into, Oh yeah. no, no, we we yeah. specifically yeah. ask names. We always ask names because mm-hmm. we want to have. We want to build that personal bond with them yeah, so that they feel comfortable talking to us. Did uh, any of those names match records of, you can't remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's been I, don't, I, don't, I don't think any of them matched records that we, we yeah. were able to find. Yeah. Because be- it was literally just a first name, right? Sure. Like you just hear Aaron. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Okay. But there so, were a, a ton of intelligent responses. He would ask a question. They would literally answer him. Mm-hmm. He would ask another, you know, kid, and you know, question. He'd answer him, and this went on for like, like you're saying, a good half hour. So it right. was like a whole classroom full of kids that right. were still there in the old schoolhouse. So I imagine almost any investigation you do, do you kind of do this same thing where you test, you 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 talk to somebody. Do you ask him a question or whatever? You say, hey, honey, I'm home. Or right. you know. Well, you try to get a response. First, you want to yeah. introduce yourself. Okay. And you want to make it comfortable. You, you don't want to go in and create, um, if there is something there, right. you don't want to create that animosity that could be lingering after you leave. And Mike, you gave me a great example of that over the phone, too. I think uh, you were doing a, an investigation oh. at Watsika. The, uh, the oh, Roth house. house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had, uh, we, had, we had, that one didn't turn out quite the way we wanted it no. to. <laughs> well, so to give the backstory on the, on the Roth house, for those that don't know oh, the yeah. story of the Roth we house. We did it before Ghost Brothers. Did. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So before we were all, we started this team, we were part of another team and we went to the Roth house to, because I, it's one of the most haunted houses in America. Uh, it's been on the travel channel several times and so we brought our you know our crew in and we were in there and you know i mean there's a lot of things happening in that place i mean uh but we had gone down into the basement which is my favorite place to go and there's this side basement room you have to go down the stairs and then you're in this basement then you have to go down this little hallway where all their hvac is and then there's another separate downstairs like dungeon room (laughs) That's the only way <laughs> I can explain it. Like. <laughs> and we sat at that table. Uh, we had a cap- uh, candle on the table. We had a ghost box on the table. We had a K2 meter. Um, and, and we were just trying to ask questions. Well, one of the folks that we were with uh, decided they wanted to do some provocation of whatever may or may not be around us. I never recommend provocation. No. No. Um, Which is? Provoking. Okay. You're you're yeah. you're poking the ghost, right? Okay. You're poking the ghost, trying to yeah. piss them off. Yeah, so basically, and so that person continued to do that. Um, 
But you have to remember too, the Roth House is the first recorded case of a possession in Illinois. Documented. Yeah. Documented case. Yeah. So you're, this is not just uh, leftover energy. No. So it's there. Yeah, the exactly. Location is bad. This yeah. Is not and it, and, and, isn't that the house you and I got that really good yeah, EVP? It's in the basement. It's yep. like, who's down here? Yeah. 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 It was pretty creepy. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty creepy. And that was off the Olympus recorder. So it's not. Wow. Yeah. So, so this person's provoking. He's provoking and provoking and provoking and provoking. We're asking him to try to not do that. And it continued. And next thing you know, you're out of the corner, which is just con four concrete walls around us, right? Out of the corner, you hear blank you. Now, I'll let you fill in the blank. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, it, it was an expletive. And this thing was loud. As loud. I mean, this is as clear as I'm talking to you. It came out of the corner of the room where there was nothing but, what, like sand on the so, floor yeah, and yeah. concrete walls meeting. And you're like, no. <laughs> Time to go. Yeah. You got a, a house that has a history of possession. Mm -hmm. See you later. No, yeah, <laughs> that's, we are never been about pro, uh, provoking any entity and any place we've ever been to. That's uh, in my estimation, it's irresponsible to yeah. do that. They can do a lot to you, but what are you going to do? Kill them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're already dead. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But getting back to the museum, you know, you, you, had connections in the schoolhouse, but what about the small house? Was there anything there in the small house? Yeah, that was quiet. Well, it was, it was kind of quiet, but it, that was actually my favorite part of the investigation because we used our SLS camera. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and that uses the same technology that an Xbox uses to detect a body. And so 3D we, mapping. Right. And so when you're, when somebody's standing in front of it, it maps out, the figure shape. Mm -hmm. And we had several times where we were not pointing at anything and it indicated that there was a figure there and it seemed to interact um, upstairs. It went from the bed, which this figure looked like it was laying down and we would say, Oh, can you go over to the chair? And we witnessed this stick figure, stick figure, basically go over to the chair and sit down. Oh, on rock, command the record that was that was really cool oh man yeah <laughs> i would leave at that point <laughs> yeah. i would just be a scaredy cat be like okay i'm out so we're definitely in the doorway ready to and we were trying to, we were trying to see what other tricks we could get it to do oh yeah well walk over there and walk to right. the rocker but for the most part it liked <laughs> to hang out on the bed or go to the chair but yeah, it definitely seemed things. to be an intelligent yeah Response. Response, yes. Right. And, and yes. it didn't charge you, so that's huge. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Didn't get tired of your game. But we didn't really get that feeling of anything evil here. No, it, was it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. Of residual or history that's been attached to things that are obviously in, in a museum. Other right. than that pissed off one in the basement. The, yeah. the pissed off one in the basement that, that was like, okay, you're we're you're done. You're done asking me questions of what you said. I said, All right, well, we're gonna move out of this room and Go back upstairs. Yeah. Let's get to some of the other equipment that we have in, in well, front of us right now. This one's actually pretty interesting. This one um, admits a laser grid onto a wall. And uh, obviously, it's too light in here to yeah. see. Mm -hmm. But it also detect. it's called the GS2. It can detect uh, temperature changes and movement that breaks the grid. And when it breaks that grid, it'll then show up on the screen and you can see where it's broken through the grid. So if an object such as a shadow or any type of energy were passed through it and have a spike in temperature change, then it would record that information. And then you can go back and then see some of the stuff that happens. So with this device, uh, this is something nice to have on a stand just in the middle of a room. So you can try and map across some of the objects that go in. And as you can see, as I put my hand up there, you can see that it, it showed my hand breaking the grid. Well, it, it doesn't do any good muscle movement. <laughs> but it has to be a stationary object, though. So once it maps off that grid through the laser, it can you can then utilize it to see if anything's gone past it. And some of that stuff, it, it looks like it's got uh, lights on the top of it? or That's correct. Um, this is called a REM pod. The REM pod is meant to try to have, it, it emits a frequency from it. So that frequency comes from the antenna. And then the idea behind that is any type of 
of movement that has electrical charge, such as a human being or anything else, were to go past it, it would then light up. Okay. This one also detects temperature also. But as you can see, you got to get pretty close. Mm. Yeah, you can adjust that range to go a little wider, but the idea is try to get something to go past it. You want it as close as you can get it so you don't have an outside interference. So and you can use that, per se, to see if you have an intelligent spirit or entity, per se. Yep. Um, you can have that, say, in the middle of the floor, desktop, whatever, mm-hmm. and say, you know, if you're still here in the room with us, can you touch the REM pod? And when it touches the REM pod, they'll light up. Yeah. It's good you for know, yes so and no. That's questions. when you know yes. if you've got something here or not, you know, by asking questions and see if it makes it light up or not. You know? And sometimes those things will go berserk. Right. And so we have, uh, Chris has a variety of different types of REM pod. I do. Um, yeah, I see other ones I, I that one look like a static electricity. Yep. Um, that's what this one does. I didn't put a battery in it yet. But that one there, uh, anything comes near the, the wire, it'll pick up static electricity. So basically, I just took a circuit board and I then utilized technology. and. Oh, that's static. something you made? Yeah, that's something okay. I made. That's one of them that I made. Um, some of the things I, else I've made is the same exact thing. It, it picks up as a REM pod does. So this one will just change colors when it detects it. And then once it detects it, it'll stay either red or green once it's neutralized. So um, we also do believe that we can attract some of these spirits by electromagnetic. So if you were to take um, things as earth magnets and then were to spin them in a rapid recession, you then emit a frequency from that. And that's what an EMP pump does. So by utilizing that, you're then creating your own frequency and that Mm -hmm. you should be able to attract some sort of spirit or energy to it. The idea behind spirits is to try to have them give as less effort as possible. So you want to provide them with the doorway to come to you. Right. Plus, they're not taking your energy. Exactly. They're taking it from that. It's like this. a buffet. Okay. <laughs> Here's the smorgasbord. Yeah, right. And sometimes they'll do that. I mean, you could be in the middle of an investigation, you know, asking them to do something or, you know, give you a sign, that kind of a thing, deal. And they will take energy from you. You can be in there, like I said, doing it, and all of a sudden you start feeling exhausted. Or batteries just drain. You know? Yeah, and your batteries, and batteries will drain like, like, like that. And it'll be you know? a brand new battery. And brand new. Just, just put it in. Yep. Just like today. Right. I put so they, in can't, they can't do anything without energy. They thrive on that. They feed on right. that. Yeah, I think yeah. the Rialto Theater drained three cameras. Three cameras. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> wow. So, yeah. What did you find there? I can only imagine what oh. you found at the Rialto. There must have been. Well, that was that one had a spooky vibe now. Um, mm. I didn't personally experience too much there at the Rialto mm. other than just. Majestic. Majestic. That's what I meant. The majestic. The, yeah. the majestic. I'm sorry. I like, Wrong theater. Yeah, I don't yeah. Wrong the theater. I would imagine both the majestic and the Rialto oh, yeah. have no. lots going yeah. on majestic there. Was yeah, cold. the majestic drained three batteries yeah, in a couple hours. And it, yeah, in a couple hours, and uh, it, the, the they literally it started right from the jump of that investigation. Yeah, we walked into what would be the theater area, walked up the little ramp to go to the main floor, and we're staying there along that half wall, just kind of listening and looking next thing you know it's it's like a a high chair literally like a bar chair up on the third floor that starts like moving back and forth and you heard like something like was sitting in the chair and like got out of it quickly and ran and so you hear this and we all like you know like shot our eyes up because there's nobody else in the in the building And so, of course, the first thing we want to do is make sure there isn't anybody or anything, animal or something like that. You know, so we, we kind of. So we don't want to claim area. something that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. You know. And yeah. that was right when we first got there. Right when we first got there. He's like, like, welcome. This is yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, someone's here. I got to get out of here. about the stacking? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I got up to the, I went up to the third floor to kind of check out the chair, see if anything fell over. And, and as I'm checking everything out, I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, well, everything looks good up here. So I go to the edge of the balcony to look down and tell everybody everything's good up here. And all the chairs that were like scattered on the floor were now stacked. They stacked up. 
the, the chairs that were in the balcony? No, or the chairs no, no. on the floor, on the main floor. And they weren't so like that before. Down, no. No, so, you know, people sit when they watch a play and all that. They're right. all in rows and they're all, all that. They're all in rows. Well, ne- next thing you know, we looked again. There must have been, what, 12 chairs yeah. stacked one on top of each other vertically. Yeah, like like, uh, like <laughs> banquet chairs, yeah. right? And they're so, just scattered. And next thing you know, they're all in, like, three stacks of three yeah. or three stacks of four. I'm sorry. Right, yeah. And it was, it was just, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Mama. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> those chairs being stacked like this when I walked right past them yeah but you just, there was no noise nothing nothing would yeah, have sparked me nothing. to believe you didn't hear it no nothing no it was like they just like magically just went from scattered to stacked with yeah. no noise it was a crazy that was, that a crazy, was i'm like man this is gonna be a long that, night that dressing <laughs> room we had, we had gone into we had gone into the well, the dressing room when they used to do you know the plays and when they used to have so-called stars or whatever right and you go into a dressing room all of a sudden, it, you know, it's like you just walked into a meat locker. Then you walk out of the dressing room and you just got normal temperature. Yeah. So it's like you walk in there and it's that cold, you've got a presence. In yeah. There. I mean, you're talking about a 40 degree yeah. temperature difference. Yeah. It was that much of a difference? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's and when it's it, not always a good thing either. That's when I started yeah. <laughs> getting affected. Yeah. And when I got affected, it was in my lower back. Mm. And my what, lower did you back feel was, pain or something? Or it was like it was like if somebody had been jumping on my back for an hour. That's the that's the kind of like achiness pain, like shooting pain. It kind of felt like. Yeah. And so, Chris, I think you had the flare. You had the flare. Yeah. And and the flare kind of measures temperature in a space. Infrared. And my lower back was on fire. And I had. You know, I mean, it not, I had not had any so issues the entire to, night. You had to sit down. You couldn't. Yeah, I had to sit down. Around. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't get up and walk around because, like, it was a, it was really hurting. And what's really freaky is when you got an EVP going and they know your name. Yeah, That's they knew your name. They knew my name, even though you, had you guys addressed yourselves that night. I mean, you might have. Right? In certain areas, we did, but yeah. you never know. The thing is, you never know who you're talking to. Right. Right. Not all the I mean, time, unless they, entity, you, right? unless they tell did, you. Unless they tell you. Did you get any names that night? Well, you I don't can, remember. You can, you can get a, ba- a bad spirit compared to a normal, you know, ghost or whatnot. You could even get demons. Yeah. Which the Bourbon A house. Right. The Bourbon A house. Um, <laughs> oh, we got to hear um, about this Bourbon A house we, now. <laughs> we had, I was with my son one time, we were, we were walking around doing the investigation with the VP going. And I think Cody asked something, um, is there anybody here that you know? Meaning, you know, people that lived in the house or whatever. Well, EVP recorder came up and it said my first name. So Cody kind of looks at me like, Dad, you're in big trouble, you know? <laughs> and what's really wild is we had gone to a New Orleans and we did an investigation there where they had the old slave house, you know, behind it and everything. And my son asked the, that question again, you know, is there anybody here that you know? And now this is what New Orleans is, what, how many? 700 miles away, whatever. It said my full name. Without an introduction. Right. The Cody's like, yeah, you are so screwed. You know, yeah. like, that kind of thing. We need to stay away you know? from this guy. But we yeah, you're 700 miles Steve. away, and yet whatever was there knew my full name. Sorry, like, guys, the recording's know? over. Yeah, right. <laughs> Look at the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it was taking that bus so long, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's usually here, but yeah. that was crazy. Now, typically, though. we do yeah. uh, introduce ourselves as we come in. Sure. But again, you don't know. Who you're talking to, how many people you're talking to, yeah. or what you're talking, or what, what you're talking what, to. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for you know, I, mean, I don't think I I had introduced my name mm. into this uh, during that investigation. I, not that I recall, anyway. Right. But you know, then then it, you know, obviously it knew who I was. A lot and, of times they'll be there and they're just standing there listening, mm-hmm. watching you and listening. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes right. they don't even want to talk to you at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They rather we weren't even there. Correct. You know? They just want to be left alone. And they'll let yeah. you know they don't want yeah. you there. <laughs> Are there any other famous, well-known establishments in the area that you have investigated that you have, so, you know, evidence well, from or stories from? Well-known in this area, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's, I mean, I most mean, of the others have been either residential yeah. or, or, or our own personal 
experiences. Like, I, I've been to Bachelors Grove, and I'm sure that oh yeah, yeah, they've all been to several other places as well. But um, I think the Majestic was uh, probably one of the biggest ones, and yeah. here. And then, of course, you know, COVID lockdowns kind of happened, and that kind of shut off the pipeline for Nobody us. Really to wanted be able us to in go our homes. Yeah, understandably, completely understand. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't want to take that risk either. So right, right. yeah. So yeah. yeah. So the pickings have been thin since the COVID. since COVID came around. Yeah, that's screwed everything. Um, however, because of Jake, uh, I've got like three messages to answer. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Did you get a hold of Lizzie? Uh, I did get a hold of Lizzie. I'm going to get a hold of her, but I also had some other folks who have reached out to us that want us to come. Okay. You know, investigate their homes. All right, or, there we or go. businesses. So, okay, so cool. there'll be some additional investigations mm-hmm. upcoming. Okay, that's great. It's always yeah, more uh, stories and all yeah. that stuff. And um, have you guys ever been to City Tavern? Because I know that's another one that has had stories. No, in the past. no, you haven't investigated no, City not investigated that one yet. Okay. That is actually was one of them. I was uh, before COVID wanted to go in there and see. Just because of the history. Yes. Right. So the history from there is is phenomenal. Right. So, yeah. Right. It's just one of the places I've heard before that is exactly. apparently haunted. Because, you know, multiple uh, investigations have happened at the Majestic. And each one has, the, like, the stories all kind of match up with the ones you just mm-hmm. told me. Right. Very right. similar to that. Right. Lady so, Remington walking along the upper balcony. And, you know, although I didn't, I don't remember. We didn't. We put a camera up on that upper balcony to try and catch her, but we never caught any any video of her. Or but, any? Did you catch his, any video in general? Uh, we, I think we we did get some video, but I don't think it was anything. We had the SLS. On. Yeah, the we SLS. Had a lot of orb activity, but not. Yeah, nothing like it was a, like maybe. an apparition appearing in it front. It drained of a lot of battery juice very a ton. quickly. And I don't recommend so the basement. No, <laughs> I don't either. I, <laughs> I don't recommend the basement. I did not, ten out of ten. Do not feel recommend. or see anything, but I didn't want to stay in there. So that's enough yeah. for me to go. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I'm good. It's always the basement, as as you said, Mike. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it, there, uh, there's a reason why I was afraid of the basement as a kid. Oh yeah, the attics too. Basements and attics. Yes, Edwin's supposed to be a yeah. big place that we. Oh, Edwin's in Piatone. Yeah. Yes. They had El Capone's old. Right. They had a, ba- a bathroom in the basement of the Majestic. You remember the, the bathroom? Oh, yeah. So this old yeah. bathroom was being renovated down in the basement. So supposedly that was a hot spot for mm. things happening. And you could feel the temperature change in that area. You felt uncomfortable in that bathroom area. And it wasn't a very big area. It's like five foot, like six feet by six feet, mm. small bathroom. But for whatever reason, Whatever was down there, that was their house. Yeah. And well, the, the place from did not want so. you there. Well, it was, yeah. you know, d- during uh, renovations, they say, is when spirits are most active. Is yes. that true? You're usually? disrupting their environments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So usually that's when you'll get. Steve, you mentioned uh, yeah, the place of moments. There's a place of moments. Um, used to be like the playhouse or whatever, you know, on the, like the main drag. And I guess it dates back to like early 1900s to where they used to do vaudeville there and everything. And when we were there, they're they're trying to rehab it so that the high school kids could go there and, you know, have plays there and everything. And um, I don't know if that was with this group or with the other one. That was the other one. Okay. And um, we had well, gone in there and we walked in, you know, it opens up to where all the seating is and then, you know, the stage and everything. And my son starts seeing shadow figures over here moving and then some over there moving and all that. And a lot of times the spirits will stay because, you know, they don't want to go anywhere else. And some actually don't even know they're dead. How do you know you're dead? Well, you've seen you know, the sixth you know, I mean, yeah, right. you know, Bringing that you know, up again. You haven't, gone to, in, you, know, you haven't <laughs> gone to work in, you haven't gone to work in a hundred, hundred years, you know. It's like, yeah. right. But anyway, um, we went down into one of the, the lower areas and, when they were down there rehabbing, they were putting new door frames in and, and whatnot. Well, the one door that they were going to put in there was leaning against the wall. And next to that was the frame that was going to go around it. And my, you know, my son said, man, it got really cold over here. So I walked over and sure enough, I mean, it was very cold and you know, that doorway area next to all this stuff. And Cody's like, you know, um, who are you? And, you know, trying to pick up something on the EVP. Who are you? Um, 
you know, can, can you drop something or move something? So, you know, we know that we're just not talking to nothing, you know. All of a sudden, the wooden door frame that they're going to put in there, it was leaning against the wall. It starts bouncing off and on the wall, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, and, you know, he looked at me wide-eyed, and I looked at him, and, you know, almost felt like one of those cartoon characters where you're running, but you're not going nowhere, yeah, you know, kind yeah, of a thing. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> you're going to say, did you ever get so scared you just... Right, yeah, whoop, 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 yeah. you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple times that I actually left the Watsika house. I went, mm-hmm. I had to, I'm like, I got to go outside. I got to yeah. go outside. I, I got I to get out of this, yeah. this energy space that I'm in. It's really dark. I'm, I'm going outside and you have to do that on these investigations because mm-hmm. if you if you don't reset yourself through that you open yourself up to something you don't understand and you could open yourself up to something that could significantly impact you mm-hmm. uh, not from just from a behavioral standpoint but physiologically uh, you know your heart starts sickness, going sickness weird all kinds you of know. different things so you have to just be yeah. really well aware of the environment that you're in and take time to step out of it and reset as much as you want to just be in that space and just kind of go, 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 go. You have to do that. You have to step back and out so that you can reset to get your mind right, recenter, refocus. You're good. Okay, now we move forward. And speaking of moving forward, does anyone have any questions at this time that you want to ask the investigations team by chance? No questions? They're all chill. Okay. <laughs> I wonder where the old Odd Fellows building was. Hmm. Is the uh, Odd fe- Odd I, Fellows I, building you said? Like the the yeah, Odd Fellows? Yeah, because in Watsika, honestly, the, it, the reason part of the reason why there's activity is because he was an Odd Fellow, mm-hmm. and he did rituals, and now oh, yeah. stuff there. Yeah. I think he probably even caused his. What happened to both of the girls? Right. Yeah, I, I've heard I've that heard story. That too, yeah, um, and I have heard of the odd follows and yeah. some of the wherever it is that would be active in, in um, City Tavern. Yeah, yeah City Tavern yes. is on our yes. very very <laughs> short list. <laughs> and I mean that in a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Any other questions? No. We answered it all. We answered. I mean, <laughs> I, there, there's so many things we could continue to talk about. I know we could go on for another hour, but um, you, I mean, you brought your gear. Were you wanting to do some more investigating today? I, I mean, mean, we certainly a, can go back into the schoolhouse. Go to the schoolhouse and, see and, and see if you know. Check every, in with the kids. Right, everyone's yeah. invited to to come with us to yeah. see if yeah, see, if we, we'll, see what we see. See if class is in, in session today. Right. You will be graded. I hope I don't fail this. You're going to touch. Stand in the corner with that cone on your head. Yeah, the dunce. They got the dunce hat in there. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, Mike, Steve, Emily, Chris, uh, Kankakee Paranormal Investigations team, thank you all so much. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been a blast. Yeah, and thank you to once again to the Kankakee County Museum for letting us do this uh, live episode here. And thank you to all of you who came out as well. It's great to see Bree and Brenda. And some new faces as well that I've yet to meet. So um, thank you for taking the interest. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, I guess now we'll head over to the schoolhouse and see, see what, seeing. yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Recess. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome. So thank you all again cool. for coming. Thank you. And now you're probably wondering, well, I wonder what happened in that investigation. Did they find anything in the Taylor One Room Schoolhouse? Well, you can find out for yourself. I actually took video of the whole entire investigation. You can view that video now on the Kankakee Podcast YouTube or actually on our Facebook page as well. If you just go to facebook.com slash Kankakee Podcast, you'll find the video there. So a special thank you once again to the Kankakee County Paranormal Investigations team and also to the Kankakee County Museum for helping make that special live episode of Kankakee Podcast possible and to our patrons as well. Special shout out to Karen Bishop, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Daryl Damper, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Dawn Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, 
Eric Olson, Carl Erps, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Drenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. Now, to become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com, click on the Patron tab, and if you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode. There's also other rewards like early access to new episodes, there's a video versions of select episodes, and so much more. Our monthly goal right now is $400 per month, and we're about 37% away from reaching that goal. So please sign up for our patron program today at kankakeepodcast.com. Our theme song is written and performed by Lupe Carroll and recorded by Daniel Bishop. This river can